Hello, guys, and welcome back to today's live interview. I'm here today with Lorna Reeves, and we're here today to talk about running events online like a pro. So Lorna's an award-winning business owner and entrepreneur, and she's the founder of My oh My Weddings and My oh My Events. Lorna, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. It's an absolute privilege. How has your week been? Uh, frantic and hectic so far, and it's only <laughs> Tuesday. No, all, all good. All moving and in the right direction. And you've come straight from, from another event, straight to this one, haven't you? Where were you just before this call? Um, working with um, some clients up in Scotland at a 20-person mm-hmm. event all about change. So, yeah, all good. Super exciting. So, um, so Lorna, could you tell us a little bit of background about yourself and what got you into this um, before we go on to how you've pivoted online? Because for, for those of you watching this, this was – this was going to be um, part of our inspiring pivot series, our inspiring online pivot series, uh, where we interview people who have made incredible pivots online during the lockdown. Um, but I, I really wanted to make this more of a practical discussion where we dive kind of deep into how you can make online events successful. Um, so it's, it's going to be a bit of a mixture because Lorna's got an amazing story of, of pivoting online. Um, but before we go into that, could you let us know a little bit about Lorna? Who is she and what does she do? Uh, well... My history is various shades of colourful. I was in the Met Police for 15 years. As uh, Also, I worked in forensics, so part CSI. um, And then I moved into various different areas and uh, worked in firearms. And and I finished out running the Met's forensic lab and decided, mostly due to stress reasons, and it wasn't where my heart was anymore, to leave that business and and start up my my weddings which is the uk's only dedicated lgbt wedding planning service and i, I believe you you actually won an award what was the it was the could you could you tell us about that a second yeah so in 2019 so it i'd only been in business a year and we were nominated for the uk's best wedding planner um, wow. and that's that's not just in the lgbt league that's across um all, all of the UK's wedding planners, so that was really so cool. One year, one year into business, you were voted the best wedding planner in the UK? Yep. Cool. So if anyone if anyone's looking to get married, by the way, guys, then uh, <laughs> you're in the right place. I feel like we should have renamed the, the show um, to uh, from CSI to My Oh My. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's a really, I'm writing that down. That's got to be a book title. You can take that. I'll give, I'll give you that one for free. <laughs> Oh dear, so go on, continue. I won't come up with any more ideas, I promise. No, that's, that's all right. So, um, yeah, we, we also got shortlisted for um, a National Diversity Award, which really hammers home that you're doing the right thing when you're getting not um, recognised in your area and in your niche. Um, and then the Maya Might events kind of happened organically. About a year after starting my my weddings, um, a couple of mentors said to me, so uh, you, you, you organised stuff for people would you be able to help us out my dogs are barking postman's here would you be able to help us out um with our workshops with our seminars you know it's the same sort of thing isn't it It, venues and people so um that's kind of how my my event started uh, really in the face-to-face space and we only work with business owners and entrepreneurs and we really focus on four-dimensional events um, I don't really call them events, I call, call them experiences. 
and that's what we really look to create for our business owners and entrepreneurs we want their guests to walk away thinking that was the best session i've ever been to yeah. not purely for content but for the whole experience and we look at lighting and the effect that that has on psychology we look at the way that people move through a room to really maximize immersion we look at um visual cues in the room we look at color psychology we look at um using different scent in the room because scent has really strong ties to memory so depending on what you want people to walk away feeling and remembering that's what we then funnel into the room so it's a whole immersive experience that we work really hard to create depending on what we want to get out of it i I imagine so many so many business owners they just simply don't have time to look into something in 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 that level of detail right if you want to run an event because you need to run an event as part of your part of your service or you know the ecosystem or whatever you're you're offering you know are you going to sit down and have that much knowledge and pour it into designing the perfect event including the the light and the scent and everything wow that's <laughs> amazing yeah, level we're, of detail. we're really about leveling up it's not yeah. I'm, I'm i want to start a campaign against gray walls i i hate gray flat room boardrooms that it just oh yeah i really want people to be immersed and um inspired or you know, for some people, it's um, it's a reflective session. If they're sitting learning about themselves or, or looking inside, and where am I? What's my mindset? Where am I at at the moment? Mm. You've got to create the right atmosphere for people to feel comfortable doing that in a room full of strangers. Yeah, 100%. So, so, so My Oh My events came about essentially after the after the My Oh My weddings, which was a massive success in its first year. My Oh My events um, was, a, was a suggestion from one of your mentors who said, look, can you can you can you run this? Was it was it uh, running their events? Yeah, running um, their kind of event program. So they have regular events every month over the course of the year. Great. So, so that so that's how you then got into that. And it and it was a case of well looking at looking at what you're doing, looking at your current skill set and, and thinking, well, it isn't that much of a jump to be able to offer to offer this. You know, you you've already got all the all the contacts, the network, the systems in place just to to, to leverage all that all that current kind of assets that you've got to to pour it into a new venture, right? Absolutely, it was it was really straightforward to move over. It's different business focus, so it's, I really had to go back to the drawing board and we look at the branding and the messaging for the business because we were speaking to head rather than heart. The wedding industry is all about emotion and the feeling, and that's the driving force behind it. Mm. The business is very much head focused. We're making yeah. decisions for business reasons. We need to keep profitability high, but we're going to elevate the brand of the company, the brand of the person at the same time. Yeah, brilliant, awesome. I love that, and just just those small changes then, really. So, so how how did it, how did it go in its first kind of year then? The um, the my my events. My my events was absolutely flying. Um, we were oversubscribed in the first after the first six months. We were oversubscribed. I was recruiting frantically. Um, <laughs> it was at the point where if I didn't take on more people to run the events, we we couldn't physically take on any more. Yeah, right. so this summer was set to be incredible. Yeah, right. So so you had the whole year. You had the whole year planned out, ready ahead. Twenty twenty was going to be the year um, yep. for for running lots of incredible physical in-person events mm-hmm. uh, and then of course all physical events were banned <laughs> so, so tell me, take me back to to the to when the lockdown was announced and where you were what were you thinking what were you feeling 
Yeah, so we um, we actually went skiing on the 8th of March, um, which was a milestone in itself because we hadn't really been on holiday for three years. While I've been building businesses, we've been kind of head to the grindstone and really just getting it done. So this skiing holiday was was like the, the pinnacle. This was us really rewarding ourselves. Um, and the COVID thing was kind of bubbling in the background, but I wasn't too worried because, you know, Boris was still shaking hands with everybody. So how, how concerned can you be, right? Um, so skiing away and then towards the end of the week, France announced that they were shutting down, that all the ski resorts were closed, no um, flights in and out, no train journeys internationally. And that's when I started to think, mm, I think this might be bigger than we think it's going to be. Mm. And really, it was sat in our room, in our chalet. And I said to my other half, I think I, I think we might be stuck here. I think I think I might have a serious problem. If we can't do face-to-face -face events, we can't invoice anything for the next however long. You know, yeah. Our whole business was effectively wiped out in in a week in in that decision it, it was already on the horizon before we came home um, and lockdown didn't happen till a week after that so it was it was almost instant and i don't know if this if this is a kind of brain that you develop as an entrepreneur it's that kind of okay i could sit here and cry about the fact that i've no longer got a business or i can do something about it a couple of my mentors and said okay, this is not looking good. You've got sessions at the end of March and the beginning of April. How about we just shift them to online? We'll figure it out. We'll figure out how we do that, but let's just move them. Don't cancel anything. Let's just move them because you've still got clients to serve. People have paid good money to yeah. hear you speak and hear your content. Your business is hindered on this as well. Don't cancel mm. anything. We'll figure it out. And it was pretty much four days from me sitting on the end of my bed in a chalet to me launching the online hosting service. Mm. What, what I what I really love about this. Well, firstly, one of the things you said is you know that when an entrepreneur has kind of conditioned their mind to to not see this as the end of the world, the disaster, that's it, but to see this as almost a challenge which they they want to step up to, right? Um, and and I really believe that comes down to to being to being kind of obsessed with problem solving. I, th I think you're constantly trying to solve problems all the time as an entrepreneur, right? And so when you when you, when you are uh, faced with something massive like this, you're, you immediately switch into problem solving mode, which is exactly what you did. Yeah, it's, and, and if it's problem solving and the desire to serve, the desire to help other people. My clients, mm. they, they still need to run their businesses. It's not just me that's going to lose my livelihood. Yeah. Clients don't have... You know, some people's events were their product prospects. They don't have that. They don't have a funnel. They don't have any entry route to their business. Some people no. have got 20, 30 clients that have signed up to a program. If they don't yeah. have that, they don't have 100 grand's worth of income. So it's really a desire to help people and enable them to still serve their, their clients. So if you were a... If you were a business owner relying on physical events during the lockdown and you were working with my and my events during during that which had traditionally only been a physical face-to-face -face event organization then you would have pretty soon after the lockdown you would have had Lorna and her team <laughs> emailing you and letting you reassuring you that 
nothing's going to change. We're, we're cracking on as per normal. In fact, we, yeah. we've got plans to move the whole thing online and turn it into an incredible online experience, right? Yeah, and, and it was pretty, even before they announced lockdown, when we knew it was rumbling, it was probably going to come. The email started going out, the texts are starting to go out. If this happens, this is what I'm thinking of that we should yeah. do. How yeah. does that sit with you? Are you even enabled to do it? You know, I'm presuming that people have got laptops and decent webcams and decent mm. microphones. But I just need to check. I just need to check that this is doable from your side of things. Um, right. So, yeah, just really sending out the vibes that we are still open for business. We are yeah. going to make this happen. It's just going to be different. To totally reassuring. In a, mm -hmm. in a moment of crisis, you know, that kind of poised, calm, but, but very, very, uh, you know, assertive leadership like this is what we're going to do this is what's going to happen nothing's changed you're going to be okay right yeah. <laughs> to, to your clients yeah. in a moment of crisis i think people gravitate towards that right absolutely and it's exactly the same in webinars so from here upwards i'm fairly still usually in webinar i've got three keyboards and two sets of mouse and three screens and this is happening on the underneath but from here downwards it, it's fine it's all going yeah. to be fine. leave it to me we'll make it happen yeah right. So business business from here, and just just everything everything is still from here. <laughs> not not like most people where it's, where it's you know your business from the waist down. Everyone else's business from the waist up. There they're in they're in their they're in their pants and they're just wearing a shirt on top, right? Ready for their ready for their. Just don't get up to answer the door. Sorry. <laughs> don't get up to answer the door. If you're just in your pants, remember you're in your pants and everyone can see you. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, cool. So, so you've now you've now pivoted your whole business online in, in a very very rapid way. And I, and for anyone who's worked with me, I like to work pretty fast. So I I love this sort of stuff. This is exciting stuff, right? Where you you've taken a business, bang, it's online. All the clients stayed. Everything's going ahead as normal. And you've reassured, reassured everyone what's going on. And um, so, so what does what does the what does the rest of the year now now look for you now that you've you've kind of pivoted into this space? Are you going to stay online or will you go back to physical or will there be a kind of hybrid involved? Yeah, so um, so we've we've massively grown in these last eight to twelve weeks. Um, business has gone through the roof, um, and it's and I think it, most of that is us saying the messaging saying. Do not shut down your business. You can still function and we'll help you do that. So we have um, a really good client base now that we're really enjoying working with. Um, and that's kind of one of my benchmarks when it comes to clients. Um, and I think I think it will be very much dynamic as we move forward. I don't think we'll be back into the swing of face-to-face -face until probably the last quarter of this financial year, so after January. Um, but it depends what the government guidelines are and and in respective countries as well. So a lot of my clients do international events. Um, just because we're open here, we might not be somewhere else. And how do we work our way around that? So I think the business going forward will be a hybrid. Yeah. I think everybody should be thinking about mapping online into their business strategy. If you're not online now, there is absolutely no hope for you. There, there's, I think, um, oh, Oh, it'll come to me in a flash of inspiration as to the source. But they somebody did a survey recently, um, and 
they are predicting that 50% of the workforce will return to the financial district in the city of London, that they will, 50% of the workforce will stay working from home. Mm. So if that's representative here and that you replicate that out across the world, there is yeah. perhaps a massive market that's still going to be online. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have that in the online space. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think a lot of people are, are using this time to improve their business, right? So how many business owners, guys watching you know, at home, have we interviewed on, on the FNX um, Academy podcast here, who have, have ultimately improved their businesses and their business become more profitable, more efficient. Um, they're running their businesses on assets rather than having to move everywhere and do everything in person. And um, things are becoming more automated. Things are becoming easier. You don't need such a big team to... to, to Provide the same service because you're because you because the way you're now running things right. So so I think I think a lot of people are, you know, that they're improving because of it. And then what's emerging is that hybrid where they've got these online digital assets, but they've also got, you know, they've also got that doing doing the, doing the physical face to face stuff which they actually enjoy. So they can almost be a bit selective, right? So mm-hmm. the stuff which it maybe isn't is is necessary, but they didn't enjoy is now is now sort of taken care of. The heavy lifting is done online. The stuff they enjoy can now be more in person, right? Yeah, absolutely. And people are using the face-to-face as almost um, highlight or gloss or adding that extra bit of pizzazz to their program. So the standard is an immersive, interactive online experience. Yeah. And then to our special clients or to people that really succeed and excel on our programs, here's a face-to-face event that just adds extra punch, adds extra value, adds extra content. Yeah, totally. I think that's, I think I think that's the way. I think that's the way for a lot of a lot of businesses going forward. So, um, so what I'd love to get into is sort of practical advice for a lot of our listeners. A lot of our listeners, a lot of the people listening to this podcast when it does come out, um, or on the group and watching this video, or on YouTube as well. I think um, I think they'd love to get an insight into how they can manage and run their own um, online events. Um, and if we if we could stick to online, that'd be really cool. Although I know there's a huge carrier, right? Because you've got a system and a process which basically um, helps solve a lot of problems for both. And um, so if we could go into that, that'd be great. Should we start with um, some of the, the common problems that you've that you've kind of found? Absolutely. And and I kind of caveat everything with anybody can run an event and anybody can run an online event, but not everybody can run it well. And that's the difference is when you're running it for your business, you want it to speak about your business and you really want to work to elevate um, your brand and elevate what you're offering. If it looks like a pile of crap, people are not going to want to work with you. And this is your shop front now. So a couple of common mistakes um, and which kind of feeds into the first start. So my my model is a six step model and, and it spells out the word events handy. Um, so the first piece that we always look at with our clients um, is the explore function. And it's really about not spending time designing anything or mapping out a program of any kind until you've figured out why you're doing this online event. What do you want to get from it? So really thinking about, is it a product for prospect? Is it something that is going to be part of your core offering? Is it just information imparting? Um, so it's more of a broadcast um, or is it really time that you want to build community and you want to create connection and conversation once you've got that in your head and the reason as to why you're doing it you can build everything else around it um, and 
it really that really defines the platform that you use it defines um the type of session that you have within that platform so for example if i was just doing a broadcast about I don't know, I'm a solicitor and I want to tell people what the world would look like in terms of employment law and furloughing. That might be a very information-led, mm. I'm just giving content and value. So I'm just going to do a broadcast. But I might want to use something like Zoom webinars, StreamYard. I might just want to um, run it through um, clip meetings or go to meetings because they're quite non-interactive yes people can ask questions but you don't really get that conversation that face-to-face -face time with your with your delegates if you want to build community and it wants to be a part of a workshop that's ongoing and relational you want to be able to talk to people you need them to have access to their video you need them to have access to their audio you're looking at more things like um, zoom meetings so you can have that connection and build up that interaction. And when you've defined what your objective is, you can start to build your experience from there. Yeah, really, really interesting. And it's, it's interesting, a lot of people don't look at it that way, right? They, they, don't, they don't necessarily start off with exactly why they're doing it. They, 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 know what they, need, they think they know what they need to do, so they just go straight into you know, create, creating it straight away without, without considering the finer details like that. Um, and, and the engagement they, they're expecting from their audience a lot of the time is down to the platform that you choose, right? Yep. And if you want if you want people to remember stuff, you need to make it immersive. You need to make it an experience. You yeah. need to think about if you're going to show slides or you're going to be face to face having having a chat. If if you make it too one way and too broadcasty, people will pick and choose to listen to the bits they want to and probably mm. retain about five percent of what you say. Yeah. If wow. you're creating a real program where you want people to learn and you want people to grow and develop you really want them to be engaged so you want them to be interacting you want them to be involved in polls in breakout rooms so they work in small groups you want them to be processing what you're giving them not just reading it some yeah. of it goes in, some of it bounces off and they might yeah. store it for later yeah yeah definitely there's a big difference when you're when you're when you're at an event or something and you're asked to, to interact and actually do something or there's an activity for the group to be a part of you know and, and i think find, finding fun ways of doing that online like you said polls and and um smaller groups and all that sort of stuff makes makes it so much more memorable easy 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 to learn easier to learn and remember everything right yeah so um, any any other any other sort of common mistakes so huge mistakes and i always do this coaching with my clients before we get started actually running their webinars we book in a session and i say right set it set your camera up as if you're running a session um and quite often the things we have to talk about are lighting so really making sure that you're getting face on lighting um and not having your backlit so you're silhouetted you look like the grim reaper um, nobody likes a, a session with that. Um, trying to make sure that you've not got any really harsh shadows and addressing that. When you've got a screen, people will pay attention to the picture that looks the most visually appealing. And if you're half blacked out, it won't be you. And if you're the person that's speaking that people need to pay attention to, you've lost them already. Yeah, yeah. Common mistakes are the up the nostril shots. You know when people have got their laptops too low and all you can see is like staring down the barrel of a shotgun. Nobody yeah, right. needs to see that. So it's making sure that you have your camera at either at eye level or it's slightly elevated. 
if it's yeah. slightly elevated, you get rid of your double chins. Well, you've, got the, you've, got the, you've got the granddad shot like this, mm -hmm. you know, where they're really oh, up close. Right. <laughs> or scrolling through your slides like this. <laughs> yeah. Can you see my slide? Now I can just see the top of your head. Oh, um, and then <laughs> when you get comfortable with it, you can start to do things. Um, so if we were doing, I don't know, how to be a better coach, for example, and you might want to present an idea from here, and then when you're listening to people giving their feedback, you might want to really be interested. Mm. So the distance that you put between you and the camera can be can be really important. It's the same as you walking around a room when you're in a meeting space. You might present mm. from back here at the front of a room, but when you're engaging with groups, you want to move around the space to make them feel more connected to you. Yeah, so little tips and tricks. It's, it's incredible that you can almost build physical rapport online through through the way in which you kind of present yourself on a on a webcam. Absolutely, and and the colours that you wear as well. Remembering, you always want to try and be on brand, um, which you always do fabulously. But also try not to blend into the background too much. So if I'm hosting a session, I want to blend into the background. So I don't want people mm -hmm. to notice me. It's not about me. It's about the speaker. So I'll always tend to wear white because my office is very white or I'll wear black, but something really innocuous. Yeah. But I always say to the speakers, wear something punchy. So when you get a whole grid of people, a whole grid of screens, you actually get a pop of colour and that pop of colour draws their eye for you, the speaker. Yeah, definitely. Really, really interesting. So in, in, terms, of, in terms of any, any other sort of common mistakes? <sighs> Common mistakes would also be making sure that one, your camera is clean. Um, yeah. Soft focus is very flattering, but really annoying when people are trying to see you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I get into the habit of cleaning that camera before every session. Even if you've got four sessions in a day, clean your camera before every session. Mm -hmm. um, and then making sure that your, your mic and stuff is set. Yeah, definitely. So just sort of, basically just getting into getting into a good routine, right? Maybe even producing a checklist, which you can go through and then you're into that routine of just of just making sure you're doing everything right from the start. And I know one of the, one of the big topics right now um, is security and especially with Zoom. Could you could you without turning this into a you know three hour webinar on security, could we <laughs> could we tap into your knowledge on, on online security with events a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And Zoom has been hit hard by the media frenzy that have gone around Zoom bombings. And really, if you follow basic security, you'll be safe with Zoom. Um, so nine times out of 10, Zoom, people that have been Zoom bombed, a word that's going to be in the English dictionary later on this year, um, really? have not followed basic steps. So if you're a trainer and you say, I'm running a, an abs workout session between five and six tonight, here's the link to it. Right. You're pretty much leaving your windows open and going on holiday. You know, <laughs> you're not following the basic security steps. Yeah. You, you need link, to link, yeah, you might as well just put your credit card number at the bottom here's as well. Here's the full digit security code that you need. <laughs> So, so what you're saying is really a huge, huge media hype. But ultimately, you know, we can we can protect ourselves just by keeping links and, and passwords private. 
Yeah, absolutely. And making one, making sure your meetings have passwords set. Um, we don't want anybody to guess your meeting room number. Um, mm -hmm. Make sure that you have a password for every meeting. Um, and I really go to town on people that don't have passwords now. There's no reason not to. Zoom has had massive updates. Um, Zoom 5.0 and newer, everybody should be using now. Um, anything older than that pretty much won't work properly. Mm. And then it means that your data is encrypted. It's not quite end-to-end -end encrypted yet, but it should be by the end of July. Um, yeah. And just making sure either you get people to sign up which means that only the people signed up, one, get the link, but also make sure that you put your meet your waiting room on, which just means that people coming into your space, the only people coming in are going to be the people on your list of delegates, your nominated people. So you know, you know who is supposed to be in your room. Yeah. And if yeah. there's anybody you're not expecting or anybody that's a bit weird, you can't see their picture, but their name might look weird. Um, you can just not let let them in. Just protect yourself and protect your guests. And if anybody looks a bit dodged, they just don't come in from the waiting room. They stay mm. in that waiting room until they let, until you let them in. So mm. just having a few really basic security measures um, will help protect you. And then have a contingency plan. So if something happens that you're not happy about or audio starts to get shared or visuals get shared, have a plan for what you're going to do. Um, and this is something we always run through with our clients, almost like a fire drill. And yeah. if that happens, we shut down the whole meeting, we recontact the delegates and we reschedule. We either send out a new link there and then and get people back in um, or we shift it to another date. And that's kind of part of our security commitment to anybody that we run a Zoom session with, that we have a plan for if it goes wrong. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's that's really reassuring as well, right? Because I think that's probably quite daunting, a daunting prospect. If you're nervous anyway about holding an online event and you you feel like you're on stage and suddenly something goes wrong or it freezes or, you know, the connection's bad or something, they can really put you off what you're, what you're talking about, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it comes in... Um, as part of um, when you run through the other step stages, which are vision, execute, numbers, into the T, which is touches, the finishing touches, we always advise that you get someone to help you with your sessions, mm. which means that you can focus on being present and mm. delivering your content and focus on your slides. And the other person focuses on the participant list, the making sure people are muted or, you know, a cat's not running across the screen or, or whatever it is. But they, they focus on letting people in from the weight room. So you're yeah. not trying to do the patting your head and rubbing your tummy all at the same time and yeah, trying to help someone. <laughs> someone whose audio is not working. And you're not trying to do everything. You concentrate on the bit that you're doing. So essentially having having a spotter there to kind of to sort you out so you can just focus on, on giving value. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, great, great. it's more a bit like you're the TV presenter and we're the producer, the editor and the camera crew yeah. that sit behind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. I think I think that's again super reassuring, right? And just and just adds a very professional feel to the whole the whole event. Doesn't doesn't look like something you just try to, you know, sort of hustle up yourself. No, and it also it also acts as um, evergreen content for you. If you have somebody in the background that's dealing with all the troubleshooting, either in the chat box or in private messaging with with your participants, and you can just start on time and run your session the way you want to run it, 
and it's really clean you can use yeah. that recording as content you can use that recording as podcast material you've not got somebody butting in every four minutes with you know my camera's not working can you help me mm. somebody else is dealing with all that you've got minimal yeah. editing yeah totally i think i think that's that's massive, isn't it, really? I mean, if, if you get interrupted when you're mid-flow because someone's struggling with their microphone or they can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, <laughs> it's, and, it's, and it's their speakers that are an issue or whatever, then it can really put you off again, right? And just, and just take the fluidity out of the whole, the whole event. And yeah. um, it'd, it'd be quite cool to talk about the, the kind of six-step model you've got, um, you know, for events. Cool. So we touched on E, the first E, which is explore. So really understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, v is vision. So how, and this you can get really big on this. How in in the ideal world would you want your session to go? And and really dream big. You know, I want to broadcast to five thousand people globally, and this is how I want it to look and feel. And really get into the feelings. How do you want your participants to feel when they are in it and afterwards? And when you've got that vision and it's huge, you can start to refine, okay, how do we make that happen? Right. And how do you make it happen comes in the execute phase. So that will be about booking the different softwares, maybe testing a few different softwares, seeing what works best um, and setting up any systems that you need in the background. Um, so that you can make that vision happen as much as possible. Um, what, with, with what. Amazing. Have you got any examples where someone's maybe gone gone wrong because they haven't they haven't done that step? Um, it usually comes from people just thinking small. Um, yeah. Somebody just turns up and says, "Yeah, I want to run this webinar," and okay, we help them out with it, and it's really flat. It's really. Mm boring it somebody speaking to some white slides white is not in their brown colors white there's no interaction from the people that they want to speak with but they're trying to create a community mm. they're trying to create connections with people and that's just it's not going to happen if you're yeah. if you're doing a flat broadcast yeah. and they'd have just thought about it and thought bigger you know why are you refining yourself to just your county that your business functions in it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Why are we not marketing to the whole country or yeah. the whole world? Why are you not trying to reach as many people as possible in your niche? Geography yeah. and location is not an issue when we're working with the web. So no. you, need bigger, you need to think ideal situation. And yeah. really thinking about how you want your participants to feel is a big thing. It kind of, kind of strikes me that it's, it's no longer you know, um, borders and, and geography, which is kind of separating people. It's it's language and time zones, right? So when you're when you're when you're, I think the future of business is like we're, we you don't scale up globally because that's just how you always run. You you scale up by including new languages, or you scale up by by um, you know working on different time zones or whatever. If you if you look if you look at how you know the English the English language is only a small part of the global um, you know generally spoken language right i mean look at chinese hindi it's it's spanish portuguese i think i think when you know when we get to the point where we can have automatic translations by ai done with our events <laughs> my my events now do five languages automatically translated then uh, um, we're just scale. about there you're just about there we can do closed right. captioning for so um the um hearing impaired we can put closed captioning at the bottom of webinars translation on, on, on. 
on webinars with which platform? Um, we can do it with Zoom. You can do it on Click Meetings. Um, wow. StreamYard is sketchy at the moment, but it, it will get there. Um, yeah. Facebook That's incredible. That's incredible, Meetings has just launched closed captioning. What was it called, sorry? Facebook Meetings. So okay. the new um, Messenger Meetings has just launched it as well. So we, we will we'll be this far away from having live translations. That's so cool. Isn't it? I mean, if we can do if we can do the you know if we can do the captions now, we can do the translations super fast. Yeah. Wow. So so yeah, then that that's going to scale a lot of businesses very quickly, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, so, so would that be a two way thing, a two way translation? Like you know, someone if someone else is speaking, then they're automatically translated as well. And yeah. So at the moment, you you almost have to have like a third party plugin. So yeah. you have um, like Rev does subtitles rev.com yeah. is really good at putting subtitles in and it's mostly accurate you get the gist of what someone's saying that's how it works with the translation so you would outline generally what your your talk is going to be about um and they will close caption as you go along um so okay. it's not quite subtitles because it's not like um karaoke they don't do the words as you say them you, you yeah. get in a sentence chunks at a time so it's a bit it's a bit at the moment it's a little bit like a poorly translated movie when you're trying to you're trying to guess what's going on from the captions but <laughs> fingers crossed in the next yeah. in the next few months probably the way, way things are going we should be able to refine that <laughs> absolutely if you're willing to part with some cash you can yeah. have somebody that types your closed captions for you as you go okay. along and and you and you, if you look at how the workplace is changing right i mean this this used to be a, an expensive translator's job yeah, no, that's that, that's been completely changed. And um, so, so yeah, really, really interesting. And um, where are we on the sixth step? I think we're on E, aren't we? Uh, we're on, yeah, we've got to E. So execute. So you've decided on your platforms. You've set up your systems. Your next big chunk is your numbers. Um, and this needs this stage needs to launch as soon as possible. Um, I can say I can fill most events with about seven days' notice, but fourteen days is better. Um, yeah. So you've got some decent lead-in time and you can really start to gauge some interest, gather some signals. And um, I, and I, I'm very much a follower of Daniel Priestley's oversubscribe method. It works really nicely for um, yeah. online events. Um, and, and it's how you're going to get your numbers. So you need to have a think about, because you know what your event is for, you know how much your customer acquisition cost is. How much can you spend on marketing? How much can you spend on Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, whatever it might be, um, mm. to get your bums on seats? How much can you afford to lose in ticket pricing, either yeah, by right. Stripe or whatever platform? So, um, so yeah, the big phase is your numbers phase. Looking at the numbers, figuring out how much how much you're going to earn from each each attendee, um, and then how much you're willing to lose on getting them there in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah really, and then, really good. then selling the seats. It, whether they're free or or they're paid, you need bums on seats for this yeah. to happen. And that gives you gives you gives you the budget which you can then pour into, um, you know, the, your 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 advertising campaign. If if of course you are running a paid campaign, and one of the things that we're really encouraging is working with your personal brand, um, and and building a community. So you don't really need to spend an awful lot of money on advertising. I mean, yeah. instead, you know, you can just you can just. If you've got a Facebook group like this, for instance, you can just quickly get your ideas out there, and and you know you you can put 
you can put lungs on seats relatively easy because everyone's interested in the same thing, right? Yeah, and it's just and it's just been really conscious and mapping that out. Don't just assume that I will put a post in a group and I'll sell all my seats. Sell, yeah. I mean, even if it's free. You yeah. need to be quite strategic about it. How often are you going to mention that? How are you going to let people know what it's about? Are you going to do that in stages? Are you going to do it? Here's all the information. Make your own choice. Yeah. Um, and are you going to go to a couple of different areas of your target market? You know, do you have a little niche following on LinkedIn and a niche following on Facebook? And how do you introduce that information to both both sides? So it's being a bit strategic about it and not kind of throwing it out there and hoping that some people will pick it up. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Having the strategy in place, putting the planning in place. And um, so we're now on to T, I believe. Which is our finishing touches. So this is where you actually spend time on writing your content um, and where you'll think about getting help and where you do a little bit of um, practice with your help, you know, setting things up. Does it look right? Have I got the right lighting? Have I got the right camera? Do I need my help person to get them any tech? Who's going to do what roles and functions? How are my slides, videos, audio going to look when I play them or use them? Um, do we need to go and get some content made? Like you have a sharp video at the beginning of this. Um, you know, do you go and get something like that done? How do your slides look when they're on a screen and different size screens as well? Remember, people aren't just accessing on a laptop or a desktop. They might be on their phone. So is the stuff that you're showing still visible and still useful? in that yeah. format so that's this is where we start to really play with the, the experience and if we were talking face-to-face -face events this is where we'd be designing the lighting the room flow the scent in the room um and really the the immersive experience right that's so what you need to do all, all, all the little details which which actually make the bigger the bigger details they make the big picture yeah how do you want people to interact with your session are you going to throw polls out there are you asking people to annotate your slides are you going to blow up the chat box with lots of questions and comments and are you going to encourage how are you going to get people involved how do you stop someone from pressing play and walking off to go and cook their dinner how do you guarantee that they're engaged and immersed and and enjoying your experience yeah definitely and i, and I guess you know those you know the tea, the finishing touches, really, the, the work you put into that is is ultimately how someone leaves your event feeling, right? I mean, if they're gonna they're gonna leave the event feeling, wow, that was that was really great. You know, I actually socialized online with different people. I I, I learned, I retained information, I was active, I've got I've got more energy now afterwards than I did um, you know, when I went into it because of that experience, right? Yeah. This is this is the adding the finishing touches and the polish. This is where you really elevate from being an all right webinar. To being exceptional. Yeah, amazing. Really, really good advice. Um, S, our last um, part of the six-step model. It's showtime. Oh, this is the big one. Is showtime. It's the it's the day of. It's the having your checklist so that you know that you don't have to think about it. You just work methodically through your list of yeah. checking your audio, checking your camera making sure your camera's clean, you've got your delegate list, your slides are working. Even if your slides were working yesterday, even if they were working an hour ago, check that they're working the five minutes before the session. Brilliant. And, you know, kick the kids off and stop them watching Joe Wicks 
while you're doing the session. Um, really making sure, make sure you're, you've got nothing weird in your background. Um, yeah, and it might be really innocuous on yourself, but if it's poking out of your head, it can look mm. really weird. So just <laughs> double checking those little bits and finish before you go right in and start on time and finish early. And right. by that, I mean, the amount of sessions I've been to where people gallop into their last 10 minutes and they're trying to jam as much in as possible in the last 10 minutes and there's no time for question and answers and everybody's disappearing. They're just logging out because they need to go. They've got something else to do and they've only allocated you one hour. Yeah, there is right. no scope for slippage. You've got to finish on time yeah. and do it comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a very typical mistake, isn't it? Definitely. Um, and, and I think a lot of that comes down to rehearsing it, right? If you haven't practiced it, you haven't gone through you've gone through it several times, maybe with a practice group or whatever, you're not going to have a good idea of how long things take, right? Yeah, so, and, um, and, and it just... Sorry, and it just comes down to practice. Um, you, if you're going to run a session once, I'd say look to run it at least three times because the third time you run it will be will be amazing yeah yeah definitely i think that's brilliant advice i absolutely love the six-step model i think that's that's tons of value for anyone who's listening right now um you know we've, we've just gone through a six-step model to launch your online events um by lorna um it's been absolutely amazing um lorna could i know we spoke a little bit before this about was there anything that you might be able to offer um our community um if if they would want some more information or um, maybe they would like to dive in a little bit deeper, get some more personal advice um, on how they can run their online events. Is there anything that would come to mind? Absolutely. Um, so I'm willing to do um, for the first, let's say, five people um, who comment um, on Facebook, um, we'll do an in-depth strategy session so we can map out what you want your next online event to be. So whether you have started online already and you want to review what you've got, is it speaking and serving your customers? Um, or are you just new to this and you're looking to insert online into your business strategy? Um, let me know in the comments below and we'll set something up for dates that suit everybody and we'll do an hour's worth of online strategy sessions. Wow, that's that's a super awesome offer. Really, really kind. It seems like I'm off this. I'm going to put my name down because I think I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to be on that. And um, amazing, uh, Lorna. Thank you so much for coming in today and you know giving us some amazing insights, loads of practical advice, um, and a, and a huge dose of inspiration. Listening to your amazing rapid pivot online. And um, what's the best way for everyone here to to get in touch with if you've got any more questions? Uh, either drop a comments um, in the group and I'm happy to pick up um, and answer them directly or you can email me at lorna at myomyevents.com um, or you can find us on the website myomyevents.com. Amazing stuff. Lorna, thank you so much for coming today. Really appreciate it. Very welcome. Speak to you soon.